the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to this 820 AM The Word broadcast special, Heart of the City. Pastors, ministry leaders, and churches have received a call to serve their communities with the love and compassion of Christ. The call is from God's heart to the heart of the city. Welcome to Heart of the City. I'm your host, Adrian Tijerina, Director of Local Ministry at KGNW. And on this program, we are highlighting churches, nonprofit organizations, and ministries to hear stories of how God is moving in the Pacific Northwest. One of my greatest hopes for this program is to encourage you, the listener, to connect you with the organizations that we present so you can join in the great work happening right outside your door. And in doing so, we're fulfilling Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25 that say, Let us consider how we may stir up one another toward love and good works, not giving up meeting together, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. With me today in studio is Pastor Peter Voorhees. He's the lead pastor of City Chapel of Bremerton in Bremerton, Washington. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. Yes, it's so great to have you in the studio. I've been doing so many things through Zoom that I forget what it's like to just have this somebody great. in I, person. I love the face-to-face. Yeah, this is good. <laughs> yes, so we're together to have a conversation about uh, City Chapel of Bremerton uh, and all the work that you're doing in that city. But before we get there, I'd love to hear your journey uh, with Jesus, and and how did you come to be the lead pastor of City Chapel of Bremerton? Uh, It's a great story. Uh, It's one in which starts with uh, my parents who faithfully took us every Sunday, me and my two older brothers, to church. Uh, We grew up in a Lutheran church and um, really just laid a foundation uh, of what it meant to uh, follow God. Though there was a little bit of a disconnect. I didn't quite know what it meant to follow Jesus like in a, in a personal way. And um, as it would have it, I was actually born in Bremerton. Uh, and then when I was young, uh, we moved away and spent some time uh, growing up. My earliest memories are in Virginia, uh, in Springfield area. And then again in New Mexico for middle school. And then uh, came back to Bremerton uh, for my high school years. And this is where uh, I was attending a Lutheran church and a friend of mine came with me to church and said, man, this church is dead. And I was like, I have no idea what that means, but that's cool. (laughs) Uh, He's like, I'm going to go find a church. And when I find one, I'm going to bring you with me. And I was like, all right, I'm I'm game. So he found uh, Calvary Chapel of Silverdale. Mm -hmm. And that is a small town just north of Bremerton. And so we went and I sat there. Uh, We had met in a gym. So Mm -hmm. we weren't in a church building, but we met in a gym. And it was so comfortable. Uh, I remember sitting in the bleachers, uh, listening to uh, who would eventually be my pastor speak. And I was so comfortable. I I had a question. I almost raised my hand in the middle Mm -hmm. of the service to ask a question. That's how comfortable it was. I'm glad I didn't. (laughs) I know (laughs) a bit of church etiquette that I do now. Um, But uh, yeah, from that point on, God uh, started gripping my heart and just... uh, 
continued to draw me closer to himself and uh, understanding that he wanted my life and yielded it to him. Mm-hmm. So uh, through uh, Calvary Chapel of Silverdale, uh, I felt a call to vocational ministry mm-hmm. and went off to uh, my undergrad at Calvary Chapel Bible College and um, then actually finished that program out in Europe. So I spent some time out in Europe, uh, stayed out in Europe after I finished the program, uh, serving at a church out there in Austria. Mm-hmm. And then in 2001, uh, my pastor, uh, Calvary Chapel Silverdale, called me up and said, hey, uh, we would love for you to come and lead our youth program. Uh, would you be willing to? And things were actually working out in such a way uh, that um, it was one of those amazing instances where I had seven different happenstance or circumstance all pointing me saying, Pete, you're going to go back home. Mm-hmm. And just completely unrelated, you know. Wow. I'd already committed seven years out there uh, after school. So I came to my pastor and I said, hey, um, uh, this is here are the things that are laying out. I'm, I'm going to stay to my word if you want me here to commit to seven years to church plant. But I just got to let you know this is what God's doing. And he's like, you got to go. So sent me home, uh, 2001. And so I served uh, there uh, up until 2014. Mm-hmm. And my pastor stepped down. And then I stepped into uh, the lead pastor position in 2014. So. Wow! Yeah, just just phenomenal. I love this church. Um, they have uh, I've, I've just grown up in it, and now to be able to lead it, to be able to serve it, uh, is a gift. And uh, yeah, yeah been, that's wonderful. It's been a ride. What a story! I just love that the Lord was just kind of calling you back to to serve in that same city. I yeah. think that that's really special. You know, um, I personally just moved so so many places. Uh, you know, when I was growing up, uh, I was a military kid, so I was born in North Carolina, Hawaii, Virginia, Texas. I was like so many places, but to just like have that call, kind of back to um, that familiar place, I think that that's really special. Yeah, my wife and I um, were praying about actually going on the mission field as well. Um, she's grown up in that area, born and raised, and. We kind of felt this tug uh, to go. Uh, so we were exploring different options of how we might either go to England or go to Spain and, and serve the Lord out there. Uh, but we always knew we'd be connected to this church because um, this is our, our family. And so uh, it just turned out that, um, yeah, the Lord had kind of other things in mind, but, but used that heart, I think, to pioneer and to, uh, which I think we'll talk about a little bit later about mm-hmm. church planning. But um yeah, to kind of have that passion to to see that happen in the Kitsap area and, mm-hmm. and beyond. So, yeah, that's so great. awesome. So, could you tell us a little more on how did you end up going then from Calvary Chapel in Silverdale now to being in Bremerton? Yes, great, great question. So, 2014, um, when we transitioned, uh, we saw a great um, the Lord just as I, often happens with transition. There was some there was some great growth, and so we started growing out of our building. Uh, and as we looked for options of what to do, um, in, it was really kind of cost prohibitive to build. Uh, and so we started looking around and, and one day, um, I was visiting a, a friend. So, um, we started kids up school ministry, uh, and I, I can talk a little bit more about that a little bit later, but, uh, I was engaging this person about the school of ministry at this church building. And he had grown up in this old uh, historic um, building, uh, and 
as we were there talking, he showed me all around it and kind of had talked to me about what had recently transpired in the church building is that one of the associate pastors tried to broker a church merge behind the senior pastor's back. Hmm. So you can imagine wow. when the senior pastor fell, like found out he wasn't super stoked. Uh, <laughs> and so, but what that did in me was like, oh, maybe they're open to a merge. We need a space. The congregation's been dwindling for some time. Mm-hmm. Maybe we could figure this out. And so I went back to our team. I said, hey, guys, this is just what I heard. Let's pray about this. And and so I sent emails and phone calls and mm-hmm. texts and tried to figure out how I can connect with the pastor. I was tempted to send a messenger pigeon, but and I just hadn't heard anything, you know, <laughs> uh, radio silence. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was kind of end of October. And through December, just couldn't kick it, you know, and just continue to try to lay it before the Lord. And then one day I just kind of went to our team. I said, you know what? I'm going to go to church. I'm going to, I'm going to, this guy cannot escape me. And so, <laughs> uh, one, one Sunday in January, I, um, came, uh, down to the church building, uh, just before service. And it, and it was almost, a, a Gideon moment, uh, where as I was ascending the stairs into the building, I was like, Lord, would you just make this clear? You know, uh, if this is from you, uh, if it's not to be, just take it away. If it's to be, um, you know, just make it clear because mm-hmm. yeah, we got, we got, I, I don't want to hang on this any longer. So we walk in, I see the pastor, I introduce myself and, and I was like, if you have a moment after service, I'd love to chat with you. And he's like, well, I hope you enjoy the service. I'm like, thank you. So when, <laughs> turns out I actually knew the worship leader at the time. Uh, and so we reconnected real quick. And uh, so we went through the service and, um, and then uh, the last song is typical in some church services. You have the last song, everybody's standing, and that's to be the conclusion. But the pastor comes back out, and right there and then he reads this letter that he had prepared, and he resigns his pulpit that morning, mm-hmm. effective immediately. Wow. And I'm kind of standing there as wow. the new guy, you know, looking around going, what is happening, you know? Wow. And uh, after I connected with uh, the worship leader, I was like, hey, would it be all right to connect with the elders? Can I have your permission to do that? Mm -hmm. This is kind of why I was here, Mm -hmm. to see if we could talk about something like a merge. Mm -hmm. Um, But obviously, there's something else that's happening. So let us help you triage. Let us help care for you, you Mm -hmm. know? So we started the conversation just about what are your immediate needs, and we were able to come alongside them and encourage them, just mm-hmm. support them as another body in the community. And then we started talking about a merge, uh, and so that was um, uh, December. That was December seventeen, uh, January eighteen, and so then it took about uh, another year or so uh, to where it was uh, twenty twenty. We ended up making it happen and moving into Bremerton mm-hmm. and created this union between the two churches. So we couldn't be Calvary Chapel Silverdale in Bremerton. <laughs> yeah. uh, there already exists a Calvary Chapel Bremerton. And so um, we just took some time and prayed and thought City Chapel of Bremerton kind of reflected who we are, mm-hmm. uh, that we want to be for the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yet uh, we find value in uh, connection. And so chapel kind of gives you that um, kind of smaller entity kind of feel family mm-hmm. sort of feel when you think of a chapel. Uh, and we are still affiliated with Calvary chapel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, that just sort of fit. So 
that's how we became City Chapel of Bremerton and, and went from Silverdale uh, into Bremerton. Wow, what a transition. Um, I can't even imagine what that would be like. Um, but I would love to ask you about that. Like, could you just speak on the transition from um, from Silverdale to Bremerton? What was that like as far as the people you're ministering to and the needs of the city and all those sorts of things? Yeah, so there's, there is a great emotion around buildings and places. And uh, we have always been uh, for our community. And so there were lots of conversations around uh, what's the Lord doing, you know, and uh, trying to balance this idea of growth uh, and creating space and uh, not having five services, you know, on a Sunday morning, uh, but being diligent uh, around what God has entrusted us with. So, um, yeah, we really felt that where we were, uh, in Silverdale, the church itself was kind of in a rural area. And so that became the destination. We weren't really in the rhythm of the community. And it was really difficult uh, to be in the rhythm of the community. And so uh, moving into Bremerton, we're in the heart of the city. We're right next to the city high school and the local junior college. Uh, and so we're right in the middle of everything. Mm-hmm. And so ministry has just expanded uh, as far as just to the community itself, let alone just within the rhythms of the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, part of the vision that God has given us as a church uh, has been rooted uh, in Jeremiah 29.7, where Jeremiah writing to the exiles in Babylon, as Babylon has come and, and decimated Jerusalem and carried off uh, a remnant, Jeremiah writes to uh the people there, God's people, saying, seek the peace and the prosperity mm-hmm. of the city that God has sent you into. And in it, when it finds its prosperity, um, you will find yours. Mm-hmm. And so the word there that I love, because um, sometimes prosperity can hang people up, mm-hmm. but the Hebrew word there being shalom. Mm-hmm. And so to seek the shalom of the city. And so that's really been our passion, uh, to seek the shalom of Bremerton and to look for ways that we as a body, as we minister to each other, knowing that that's effective, how do we bring that into the city where the city would be receptive uh, and that we all would benefit from just what we find in Scripture and loving each other and building each other up. And so that's caused us to move into a low-income community, a neighborhood, where we seek to do what we do as a church uh, for the residents there in the neighborhood to uh, encourage them and help them and and look for opportunities to see them flourish and do well. Uh, and then that's also given us a passion for church planning, knowing that um, at least within Kitsap County, there's about uh, 75% of the population in Kitsap has no religious affiliation at all. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we just see the need that even if 10% of the people who uh, don't know Jesus would come to know Jesus. There's not enough room for them. Mm-hmm. There are there are not enough uh, spaces uh, that churches occupy currently uh, to to disciple all of wow. those people. And mm-hmm. so our heart and passion is just that we see the need, and so we desire to see uh, church planners go out and establish Jesus centered, gospel proclaiming, people loving uh, churches. And so yeah, it's it's the. The opportunities are endless, and we're, we're really excited and really grateful to be able to continue to serve the Lord in that capacity. 
Well, that's so wonderful. Thank you for sharing all that uh, that history of just what you what y'all have been through. Hey listeners, I wanted to take a second to invite you to go to thewordseattle.com and become a friend of the word. It's fast and easy and free and will get you the first updates for contests, sweepstakes, and community events happening here in Seattle. We look forward to seeing you sign up on thewordseattle.com to become a friend of the word. Now back to the program. You're listening to Heart of the City, and we're joined by Pastor Peter Voorhees of City Chapel of Bremerton. We're having a conversation of all the things that are happening at City Chapel, and uh, I'm just delighted with the dialogue that we're having. Well, I wanted to kind of continue to ask you, uh, we've mentioned a a few things about ministry, discipleship, uh, and church planting. So I just would love to hear more about uh, your vision for that as a church, and and how have you sort of started to to get those things going? Absolutely. So as we looked at Jeremiah twenty nine seven and and wanting to seek the peace and the prosperity of the city, and wanting to see people come from uh, no faith into faith, we've established a, a discipleship journey uh, where uh, maybe you could imagine if you've ever been a part of a church, you have small groups, yeah, you have. Um, programs that are set up to go through the Bible, to understand what the Bible says. How does it all uh, point to Jesus? Why, why is Jesus so central to Scripture? And so we have those uh, opportunities for people to be plugged in. But we also know that God is doing and stirring in people based on gifts and calling, and, and but yet don't have the ability to go out to a seminary, don't have ability to, to pick up the whole family and go off to Bible college. And so we've started something uh, that we're calling the Kitsap School of Ministry. Mm -hmm. And it's an opportunity for those who are working, those who have families, uh, to be able to uh, give about an hour and a half a week into instruction. It's a two-year program. And the goal is to equip uh, students uh, with the tools necessary to be able to move out, just to begin to move out mm-hmm. on what God has called them to do. Mm-hmm. And so it's been a really fruitful ministry. It's it's interdenominational, so we have great relationships with many of the churches on the peninsula. Mm-hmm. And so we invite people to uh, participate and use this as a resource. And so a lot of our instructors are other pastors from mm-hmm. other churches, uh, professionals in the community, and really just seek to have a holistic approach to how, how do you take a, an idea and a vision, a calling, and through the whole process, bring it to fruition with honoring the Lord and, and having success in that mission? So, And then from there, our hope is to uh, see people uh, duplicate themselves, to, to disciple and to raise up others within their ministry and within their calling. And with that, uh, to see churches planted in such a way that there's a network uh, that are coming around uh, new churches to see them succeed and to flourish. Mm-hmm. And so it's a, it's a lonely journey to be out there <laughs> uh, to church plant mm-hmm. and not to have any connection. And, and um, we've seen a lot of uh, churches planted on the peninsula uh, that haven't started in a healthy or good way. And we, mm-hmm. and we really think uh, that that could be different. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we are looking to, we are partnering with an organization called Stadia, 
and also the Pacific Northwest Church Planning Movement. And uh, we're looking to find and uh, host residents that will then kind of come alongside and we pull back the curtain. You get to see how ministry is done. How, how, does a, how does a church run uh, for those who maybe don't have as much as experience? Um, but then to be able to do the things that, that are helpful in, in making a church flourish and, mm-hmm. and really connect with people. And then you have a body of believers that uh, then you're being sent out into the community with a team, you know, with people that, that know you, that love you, that want to see you succeed, that believe in you, that have a passion and, and a vision for the community and, um, and how the particular giftings line up. And so uh, our heart is to see multiple churches planted in different areas within our community to reach people that we're just simply not reaching. You know, mm-hmm. we're reaching who we're reaching and, and we're okay with that. And we want to see more. Uh, but the other reality is that we're not reaching who we're not reaching. And so there, God, God is going to raise up. God is raising up uh, those that will come in and reach those people. And we mm-hmm. want to celebrate that. We want to be a part of what God is doing. And, and there's a great, there's a great um, ethos. There's a great um, just unity within the body of Christ on the peninsula where so many pastors uh, are in relationship with each other. And we just, we celebrate each other's successes and, uh, we comfort each other when we're wounded. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it's just a, it's a wonderful, uh, climate right now to serve the Lord together as the capital C church. Uh, it's really, it's, un- it's a unique time. Well, that's just so wonderful to hear. Um, I love that, that these churches are coming together for the sake of the gospel. I think that that's um, such a critical thing for us, that we don't see um, the church down the street as, as some sort of competitor. But we're all, like you said, we're reaching the people that God has entrusted us to reach. Yes. And Lord, that please, Lord, that our prayer would be that we would continue to multiply Absolutely. and meet those people and serve people uh, for the love of Jesus. I just love that, brother, and I just encourage our listeners to pray for that. Pray for that continued unity in the peninsula. You're making me want to move to uh, Bremerton now. (laughs) There is space. (laughs) There is space. Absolutely. All righty. Well, I've got a very important question for you. This is, what is the best coffee in Bremerton? Oh man, see now now you're you're making trouble for me because <laughs> there are it's an emotional thing where I'm from, you know? It's uh <laughs> there's some allegiances here. Mm-hmm. Um so first and foremost, I am a huge fan of uh the Coffee Oasis. Coffee Oasis uh puts their coffee on mission. Uh, their heart is to be a place for homeless youth and mm-hmm. give them a place to stay, uh, mm-hmm. to hear the gospel, uh, but just ultimately unconditionally love kids who mm-hmm. are homeless and in need. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I am a huge fan mm-hmm. of Coffee Oasis. Uh, a second would be uh, Cafe Corvo, uh, which is in the heart of Bremerton, uh, fairly new a uh, coffee shop that has opened up. Uh, but yeah, they've got great, great espresso. So yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Well, next time in, I'm in town, I'll have to check that out. A hundred percent. I'd be more than happy to show you around. <laughs> That's awesome. 
Well, Pastor Peter, thank you so much for sharing with us today. And for our listeners out there, if you're in the Bremerton area and you are looking for a local church to connect with, I would highly encourage you to reach out to City Chapel. Uh, Visit citychapel.cc. Again, that's citychapel.cc, and just get connected with uh, Pastor Peter and the team there. Um, if you are a church planter or if you have a passion for discipleship and ministry and multiplication, I just would highly recommend that you reach out to this church and get plugged in. It seems like there's just such a unity that's there for the sake of the gospel that regardless of where what church you're coming from, I just would pray that you would... Um, enter into that space to be discipled and to be sent out uh, for the sake of the gospel in that area. So thanks again, Pastor Peter. It's, it's been great to have you on the program. Adrian, it's been amazing. It's good to reconnect, and I'm excited for you in this new endeavor. Thank you so much. This is Adrian Tijerina, Director of Local Ministry at KGNW. Thank you for listening today, and please join us again for Heart of the City as we highlight the amazing work God is doing in our city. For more information on how your pastor or ministry can be featured on KGNW, please call me at 206-269-6208. Again, that's 206-269-6208. We'll see you next time, and God bless you. You've been listening to this 820 AM, the word special, Heart of the City. For more information on how your pastor or your ministry can be featured on A20 AM The Word, go to thewordseattle.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.